For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be back. Today, we are talking with Dr. Tom O'Brien relating to aspects of gluten sensitivity. So this is obviously a really important topic, gluten allergy, gluten sensitivity, gluten intolerance, celiac disease, gluten-free products, gluten-free lifestyles. I mean, this is everywhere no matter where you are these days, any grocery store you walk into, it doesn't matter if it's a Whole Foods, it doesn't matter if it's a Trader Joe's, you go to your Safeway, you go to your Giant, you go to any grocery store and you're gonna see gluten-free things advertised everywhere. So what is the big deal? Is gluten a problem? Is it not a problem? Is it an issue for people that don't have celiac disease? Celiac disease is the traditional diagnosis where people have an immune reactivity, an autoimmune reaction where gluten literally causes their small intestine to not function properly. It can actually be life-threatening as you lose these specialized structures in your small intestine that are necessary for absorbing nutrients. And it is a serious condition where people have zero tolerance to gluten. They can't eat any of it. Oftentimes, they'll get very sick, but some people, surprisingly, with celiac disease have actually no gastrointestinal symptoms, even though they have a major gastroenterological problem. So celiac is this one category of a total gluten intolerance. You cannot expose yourself to it at all without risking serious health complications. It is becoming more common but actually in the general population, fairly rare. And what I'd like to explain and what Dr. O'Brien is going to get into serious detail with us today is that most of the drive that we're seeing in our society for gluten-free products and recommendations that people try a gluten-free lifestyle are not necessarily directed at celiac patients. They're directed at this subset or this other group of people in the population that don't have celiac disease but have significant health complications due to some type of immune reaction to gluten, which is the primary protein in the grain wheat. It's also contained in barley and rye and spelt and often found in high amounts in oatmeal, although oats are not, or in oats in general, although oats aren't a gluten-containing grain, but typically stored and processed so closely with gluten that they have very high amount of residue, enough to cause symptoms in somebody certainly with celiac and certainly with sensitivity. So what the real questions boil down to that I think I'm really excited to have Dr. O'Brien on the show with us today to help clarify is number one, does this, what does gluten sensitivity mean? Does it exist? And let's talk about what are some of the different health manifestations that somebody with gluten sensitivity might exhibit and who is a good candidate for trying a gluten-free lifestyle? Is it everybody? Is it certain people? How do you determine if you are somebody? Now, I navigate this question every single day in my office with patients 
And I know Dr. O'Brien does. And Dr. O'Brien brings a level of expertise because he's an internationally recognized speaker and workshop leader specializing in the complications of what we've been talking about, which we refer to as non-celiac gluten sensitivity and celiac disease as they occur inside and outside of the intestines. He is the founder of www.thedoctor.com. That's T-H-E-D-R.com. He recently hosted the Paradigm Shifting, the Gluten Summit, a grain of truth, bringing together 29 of the world's experts on celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity at www.theglutensummit.com. So, Dr. O'Brien, thank you for taking the time to be with us on the show today. Really appreciate you being here to help clarify some of these issues for our listeners. Well, Dr. Kevin, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. So um, j- just first, if people go to the website, theglutensummit.com, can they still purchase or download or look at any of the lectures that were done of those 29 world experts? Uh, is that still available online? It is. It is. And it's a excellent, excellent way for people to get the overview. And what will happen, and we've had over 200,000 people now that have listened to this. And uh, I was in Seattle uh, last weekend teaching um, uh, at the uh, Restorative Medicine Conference, and I went to dinner with some friends at a really nice gluten-free, dairy-free restaurant called Hugo's, and it's an excellent restaurant, very high quality. We're sitting outside on the patio having a nice dinner, and this woman walks up with her husband and daughter and said, excuse me, when I heard your voice, I knew it was you. You're Dr. Tom. And I said, yes. And she started crying. And she said, you saved our daughter's life. And I just looked at her and looked at this beautiful 14-year-old girl who was smiling and really just beaming and said, our daughter had been diagnosed with idiopathic, which means we don't know why. Sure. Idiopathic juvenile arthritis at four years old. Mm. She couldn't walk. And she's been on steroids for 10 years. And she has osteoporosis already because of the steroids, but the drugs were the only thing that could help her walk, help her function. Nothing worked. Ten years. And she said, we heard your gluten summit, and we decided to try it. We went gluten-free, and all of her pain was gone in one week. One week. Mm-hmm. And she said, thank you so much. So now let, let's. it's a great story to lead in with, and it's going to get right into our conversation now. Now, Dr. Tom, was she celiac disease or was she gluten no, sensitive? No, exactly. she was not celiac. She had been tested for celiac, came back negative because the parents had asked, you know, we've heard something about this gluten thing. Yep. And the doctor said, well, let's check. So let's talk about the, that. That's such a bet. good, I, such a great, important concept. Every day people walk into my office with an inkling. The, the awareness about gluten and gluten sensitivity is so pervasive right now. It's fantastic. And people are noticing things about their body. They're coming in and they're saying, geez, doc, I have this arthritis. I have this gastrointestinal issue. I have this acid reflux. I have this brain fog, whatever it is. And they're noticing that, you know, it's worse after I have a lot of bread or it's worse after I have a big pasta dinner. Their diet, they're telling me already what's wrong with them. But then they'll say this, Dr. Tom, I'm sure you hear this all the time. I thought it may be gluten, but I went to my doctor and they tested me for celiac and it was negative. So it's not, it, it's not gluten. So elaborate on that. There's two components to the answer. 
And it's really important for people to understand so that they can talk to their doctors about this and, and, and actually educate their doctors. The first component is that the entire medical profession learned about the dangers of wheat for some people as a result of learning about celiac disease. Celiac disease, this is patient. Your intestines are a tube. The tube is 20, 25 feet long. It winds around inside of your gut, inside your abdomen. Imagine a donut. If you could stretch a donut out, one big, long donut, and you look down the center of the hole of the donut, that's your intestines. It's just this tube that goes from the mouth to the other end. And the inside of the tube is lined with shag carpeting. And this shag is where calcium is absorbed, the shag vitamin C, these shags, the amino acids, all the shags absorb different nutrients. That's how we get the nutrients out of our food into the bloodstream is through the shags inside the tube. Celiac disease is when your shags wear down and you, you've got berber. Now, if you've got berber, you don't absorb calcium. You get osteoporosis. That's why in the Annals of Internal Medicine in 2006, they published a paper that said, Every osteoporotic patient just needs to be checked for celiac disease because it's so commonly the cause of their osteoporosis. So that's one example. And we have 19,000 research articles on celiac disease in the medical literature. So the whole medical profession, the whole healthcare industry, we cut our teeth learning about wheat being a problem for some people with celiac. So many doctors think if you don't have celiac, you don't have a problem. Well, that's not true. Unfortunately, the, the science started coming out, and now there's, oh, maybe three, 4,000. I haven't counted. It's, it's just publishing every week now. There's new articles coming out about non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Right. And we, we now know that for every one person where a sensitivity to wheat affects your gut, there are eight people where it does not. It affects your brain or your kidneys or your heart or your liver or your bones. There'll be some other area of your body and not the gut. So if you're looking for celiac disease, which is a wheat sensitivity affecting your gut, you will miss a gluten sensitivity if it's affecting your brain and your child has attention deficit. Right. You'll miss it. So, so this is where, you know, science is starting to establish the phenomenon of gluten sensitivity, because I've been in my field now, you know, for a while, it's been, I don't know, 15, 16 years between training and practice and everything like that. And I look back 15, 16 years ago, and there were naturopathic physicians and there were holistic minded doctors and chiropractors and people in the more alternative medicine world, recognizing that gluten reactions could be contributing to many health Symptoms, But at that point in time, there was really no science to really back it up. It was more observational clinical feedback from patients and some basic understanding of gluten reactivity, the immune system, the importance of the gut and the uh, magnificent um, abundance of the immune activity that occurs in the gut and the potential allergenicity of gluten as being a big complex protein. But we didn't have the science. Now, it seems like in the last five to six years, Dr. Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, we're now starting to see the science establish this phenomenon of gluten sensitivity, this non-celiac gluten intolerance, correct? Well, you're, you're, you're correct in the overview that the dates are a little bit off. Oh, okay. Um, yes. 
the science has been coming out since the mid '90s, but they, they were considered peripheral articles at first. You know that the mainstream school of thought looked at these articles coming out in the journal, the American Medical Association, or the New England Journal of Medicine, and saying, "Well, ah, you know, that was a fluke." Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a, it takes a number of articles. It takes a momentum before mainstream traditional thinking will embrace an idea. And as you may know, um, it, the average in our country today is 17 years from yeah. when landmark research is first published before the doc down the street is using it in his practice. Yeah, standard practice. So, yeah. So it, right. So it's been out for quite a while, but the science is so much more comprehensive now as technology has improved. I'll give you an example. Harvard. Uh, Alessio Fasano at Harvard, who is just a leader in this field of looking at the impact of wheat uh, sensitivity in the body, um, he's the chair of pediatric gastroenterology at Harvard. That means every doctor that studies about the intestines for children has to study under Dr. Fasano. And they published a paper this year, and they looked at four groups. They looked at celiac patients recently diagnosed, so they were inflamed and their guts were a problem. Celiac patients who had been on a gluten-free diet for one or two years, non-celiac gluten sensitivity people, and people who had no problems with wheat. They looked at all four groups, and what did they find? Every single person, when they're exposed to wheat, gets intestinal permeability. The slang term is a leaky gut. They get intestinal permeability every time they eat wheat. Every person, every time. In all four groups. Nope. Celiac, non-celiac, gluten-sensitive, and what seems to be non-gluten-sensitive. So this brings up a great point. Dr. Tom, we're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to pick this up and let's start putting this into real practice. What are some of the symptoms that we look for? Who should consider a gluten-free lifestyle? Is there anybody that should eat gluten? Is it okay for anyone to eat gluten or based on the science that we're starting to see, like the example you just gave, are there benefits for anyone to give up gluten, even if they're not quote-unquote sensitive, and how do we determine sensitivity? We've got a lot to cover, Dr. Tom. So don't go anywhere, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress at work? Pressure from the boss, budget cuts, impossible workloads? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary has everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. A wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 45 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. 
Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Old Man Winter is on the way, but you can weather the storm by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's gear and sale. Now through the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Stock up on supplements to fight colds and flu and pick up some healthy living gifts for your friends and family, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com or call us at 301-530-0800. Our big year-end sale will blow you away. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Saturday, every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Next week, my wonderful co-host Dana Lake will be returning, so make sure to tune in. Today, we are having a really important discussion, and I'm just thrilled to have our special guest, Dr. Tom O'Brien, who is one of the internationally recognized leading experts in the world of non-celiac gluten sensitivity and celiac disease as they occur inside and outside of the intestines. And what we're trying to do today is get across information relating to this phenomenon, not just of celiac disease, but of non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So Dr. Tom, I mean, let's, we covered a lot of information in the last segment and what you ended with was really interesting this research that's being done at, at Harvard University under the watchful eye of Dr. Fasano, who is one of the leading experts in researching celiac for people who are listening locally here in D.C. He's actually spent most of it, many of his years and came up with some of his most groundbreaking initial research here at the University of Maryland after coming over from Europe, I believe. And so that's exciting. That's, that's yep. correct. Yep. That's and correct. Uh, now he's been uh, recruited to up at Harvard and doing a lot of great work there. And what you said was really interesting. They took these four groups, a celiac group a non-celiac group, a gluten sensitivity group, and then a pe- people that seem to just have no reaction to gluten. But what Dr. Fasano found is that anybody who consumes gluten, even if they don't have any markers for sensitivity, still ends up triggering the process in the body that that creates what we call the general term of leaky gut, or more scientifically, gut permeability. So maybe we should start with what that is and that may set the context of what symptoms can can come from gluten sensitivity and why it can happen outside of the intestines. And then we can have a thoughtful discussion about who in the world should be eating gluten. So do you mind explaining this concept of gut permeability? Because everybody knows the term leaky gut, but people imagine that there are these giant holes in their intestines. And, you know, I think it's important for people to actually understand the physiology as much as they can behind this sort of colloquial term that's thrown around a lot. You bet, you bet. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, your intestines are a tube. It's lined with shag carpeting. All of the shags are covered with cheesecloth. Now, if you remember your grandmother, when she'd make gravy, or your mother, when she'd make gravy, she'd pour the gravy in the cheesecloth, and then the liquid comes through the other side, but any clumps get stuck in the cheesecloth. So the cheesecloth only lets certain size molecules get through. 
we have this beautiful system in our intestines for that so that when food comes in, how do you get a piece of meat? You know, you cut a piece of filet in, onto your fork and you chew it a few times and most of us don't chew enough. You know, we chew three or four times and swallow. How does that get broken down small enough to get into the bloodstream so your body can use that food to make new muscles? It's got to be broken down into really tiny little pieces, really tiny pieces by our enzymes, and then it has to go through the cheesecloth. And until it's broken down small enough, it can't get through. That's why the intestines are 20 to 25 feet long. It's that some things take a long time to break down, so it needs more time to slowly move along, like a wagon train, move along, little doggies. You know, you're just moving along in the gut, being broken down smaller and smaller until you're small enough to get through the cheesecloth. Now, the fastest growing cells in the body are the inside lining of the intestines. Every three to seven days, we have a whole new lining to our intestines, like the skin of a snake. You know, you build a whole new body every seven years, and some cells are really slow, like bone cells, and some cells are really fast, like the lining of your intestines. So what happens when you eat wheat, what we now know, and this is just science. I don't care if you believe it or not. You don't have to believe it. Just read the science. This is not about belief. This is about what the science and our technology is currently showing us. This is what happens. When you eat wheat, you get tears in the cheesecloth. That's called permeability, intestinal permeability. But fastest growing cells in the body, inside lining the intestines, it heals right away. So you have toast for breakfast, tear the cheesecloth, it heals. You have a sandwich for lunch, tear the cheesecloth, it heals. Pasta for dinner, you tear the cheesecloth, it heals. Croutons on your salad, tear the cheesecloth, it heals. A cookie, tear the cheesecloth, it heals. This goes on day after day after day after month after week after year after year until one day. One day, somewhere down the road, it might be when you're two years old, 20 years old, 60 years old, somewhere you lose what's called oral tolerance. Your body can no longer handle this minor amount of insult that's coming in because wheat is a minor insult compared to other things. But your body is so stressed and working so hard and so inflamed it can't handle it anymore. You cross that line, the straw that broke the camel's back, you don't heal anymore. So you have your toast for breakfast, you don't heal. Now you get what's called pathogenic intestinal permeability or the leaky gut. And now these bigger molecules called macromolecules, because they just haven't had enough time to be broken down small enough to get through the cheesecloth. Now there's tears in the cheesecloth. So these bigger molecules get into the bloodstream. And maybe it's a tomato molecule that hasn't been broken down yet. But now this big molecule called a macromolecule gets into the bloodstream, and your brain says, whoa, what's that? That's not good for me. That's not something that I can make use of as a building block to make new muscle cells or brain hormones, or I better fight this immune system, fight that molecule. Now your immune system makes antibodies, and now you're allergic to tomatoes or to bananas or to beef or to chicken. And when people go and have a blood test at their doctor's office to look and see if they have any food sensitivities, and it comes back that they're allergic to 15 or 20 different foods. They say, oh, my God, it's everything I eat. Of course it's what you eat because your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do to protect you. It's the intestinal permeability, the leaky gut, that's caused all of this. So what you have to do, the first thing, is stop throwing gasoline on the fire. Stop taking the food that's causing the problem for you, tearing the cheesecloth, and then you have to take nutrients to heal the gut. And when you do that, 
all of those 15 or 20 foods that you were sensitive to six months or a year later, you go back and recheck, you're fine. Mm -hmm. I see that play out clinically all the time where people have sensitivities to foods that aren't normally highly allergenic, but they have reactions and they get testing done and they say, oh, I'm allergic to all these foods. And earlier on in my career, before I understood the significance of some of these core foods and the problems they cause in tearing that cheesecloth, you would think, oh, geez, you're just you're sensitive to all these foods. But as you further understand it, it now I have found it's more likely that people really have a strong reactivity to maybe one or two gluten usually being the number one food problem that's causing these tears in the cheesecloth and the other foods that their sensitivities to are secondary to the insult that's occurred from this food that's causing the gut permeability in the first place. And when you remove that offending agent like gluten and you give gut restorative nutrients and therapies to repair that cheesecloth, you see tolerance return to those foods that people were sensitive to. And that may be as a result of testing, or sometimes you see it played out clinically where a doctor's or a patient says, oh, every time I eat eggs, I get a headache. Well, or I get some GI upset or some skin rash. Well, after they've been gluten-free and you've restored the integrity of that cheesecloth, they eat the eggs with no symptoms whatsoever. So was it the Well egg? said. Yes. So it, it, it plays out exactly as the science dictates in the person clinically, which is always nice when people's bodies right. read the textbook. So, um, all right. So let's you just have to be patient. Yes. You have to be patient as a patient and be patient and don't cheat. Yes. Because if you cheat, if you get one exposure, the science tells us one exposure, if you activate the immune response in your gut from one exposure, it takes anywhere from three to six months before the fire in the belly calms down. Yeah, you got to be really, really careful. And in some people, those foods that they've developed, these what I would refer to as secondary reactions to, they may need to avoid those as well for a little while to let those antibodies flush out of the system and allow the immune response to calm down. And then exposure, you know, do the healing work of the gut and then re-exposure is typically tolerated. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about because leaky gut brings up an important concept and it's been tied to a lot of other health concerns, Dr. Tom. And we've sort of been talking about food reactions and and food sensitivities. But, you know, Dr. Fasano and his research, what was also really interesting is he tied this gluten uh, reactivity, this gluten triggering gut permeability reaction that occurs, this basically process of leaky gut very closely to certain autoimmune conditions. So this is a really interesting topic because, of course, in your bio, you talk about inside and outside of the intestines. So let's help people get a grasp of how eating a food that most people think, oh, no, I'm not sensitive to gluten. I don't have any GI problems. I have no gas. I have no bloating. You know, I'm, I'm regular. Everything's fine. I have no pain. There's no way that I'm allergic to gluten or a food because it's not in my gut. But maybe they have an autoimmune condition, a neurological condition, a skin condition, a joint condition. How is it that something that we eat, a food, could have impact outside of our intestines? There's two ways that happens, and that's a really good question. That's an that's a eight-hour presentation that I'll be doing uh, on Saturday this week in Dallas. Uh, so it takes a long time, but the, the, the overview 
of it. There are two ways that that occurs. The first is we know now that in the development of autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis, multiple sclerosis, Hashimoto's thyroid disease, Graves' thyroid disease, all of these different autoimmune diseases, they develop in a trilogy. There's a trilogy uh, required for most, if not all, of these autoimmune diseases. And the trilogy is the following. One, you have to have the genetics for that particular disease. You carry the gene. There's nothing you can do about that. That's the deck of cards you were dealt in life. That doesn't mean you're going to get the disease. It just means that you're vulnerable to that disease. It's a weak link in your chain. Two, an environmental trigger that sets it off, the straw that broke the camel's back, and in this discussion, gluten, and it's the most common one, happens to be gluten. And three, (coughs) excuse me, three is intestinal permeability, the leaky gut. And what happens is the science has told us that you can arrest, and that's the language they use, arrest the development of autoimmune disease by healing the gut. So that goes back to the first part that we said, stop throwing gasoline on the fire and take the nutrients to heal the gut. So that always has to be a component when dealing with any autoimmune disease. So that's one mechanism is healing the gut. The second mechanism is called molecular mimicry. And when your body makes antibodies, when the immune system is fighting gluten, you've got these soldiers going through your bloodstream everywhere looking for gluten molecules to fire their chemical bullets called cytokines and get rid of the gluten molecules. Now, let's say that the the, the gluten molecule, the most common one, is 33 amino acids long. I'm going to say AABCD. Now, it's actually 33 letters long, but I'm just going to say AABCD. So you've got these soldiers going through your bloodstream looking for AABCD. Now, remember, your blood's a highway, just a highway. There's all kinds of traffic on it. There's trucks, there's cars, there's motorcycles. Some are spewing oil. Some are really loud. Your your blood's just a highway, and there's no lanes of traffic. Everything's bouncing around in there. But you've you've got these antibodies firing these chemical bullets, kind of like sticking your head out the window of a car, firing your chemical bullets at the car in front of you. Sometimes there's collateral damage, you know, and you, you, you break a broken glass from the car next to you or something, that you get this collateral damage. It's called molecular mimicry, where the antibodies start attacking your thyroid, or they start attacking your brain, or they start attacking your liver. And then you start getting elevated antibodies to your liver, to your brain, to your thyroid, and you develop the autoimmune disease of your liver or your brain or your thyroid, which was initiated by your body going after the wheat molecules that, that are in the bloodstream. It's mm-hmm. a great explanation, one that people definitely need to understand, and that is why it is so important to not limit your idea that gluten and sen- gluten sensitivity must be li- limited to your GI system. And in fact, I mean, there are many people that we see clinically that have GI issues like um, IBS or other inflammatory bowel di- uh, diseases like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or acid reflux or gastritis or, you know, all sorts of GI conditions that are resolved when they give up gluten. But what always amazes me is when you see the outside of the GI system sim- system yes. symptoms resolve when you have people with major neurological problems. I've seen people with things that they think are early onset Alzheimer's resolve, severe brain fog, 
skin conditions, arthritic conditions. I've seen um, other physicians present cases of uh, semifacial paralysis, where a whole side of someone's face was paralyzed as a result of gluten sensitivity that had nothing to do with celiac. It was in that sensitivity category, but it was highly neurological. And these are amazing cases because the traditional interventions for some of these severe conditions like semifacial paralysis has to do with a brain surgery to try and free up a cranial nerve, which is obviously a highly invasive procedure when that condition resolved itself with the elimination of a food that was causing such a profound immune inflammatory reaction targeted at the neurological system that this major presentation manifested. So it's so unbelievable to see that. And I see it day in and day out in clinical practice. So Dr. Tom, we have to take another break, unfortunately, but when we come back, you know, let's talk about how to determine if you have a gluten sensitivity, if you might be somebody that would benefit from a gluten-free diet. How do we navigate this world of determining who should and who shouldn't, because there are some some pros and cons, in, in my opinion, and some things to think about, because it's not an easy thing to do. It's a major undertaking in lifestyle to get this out of your diet because it's so pervasive in our culture. So that's going to be a really exciting conversation. Don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. We're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and M. CTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body and this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. 
To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Put a little more jingle in your pocket by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's beer and sale. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Give the gift of good health to the people you care about and stock up on healthy living essentials for yourself, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or on the web at myvillagegreen.com or just give us a jingle at 301-530-0800. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero, and we are talking with Dr. Tom O'Brien regarding this world of gluten and gluten sensitivity and gluten allergy and celiac and all of these different things. We've covered a lot of phenomenal topics. Dr. O'Brien is an internationally recognized speaker and workshop leader specializing in the complications of non-celiac gluten sensitivity and celiac diseases. They occur inside and outside of the intestines. You can learn more about Dr. O'Brien by visiting his website, which is www.thedoctor.com. That's T-H-E-D-R.com. You can also um, listen to and learn a ton of information from the Gluten Summit that he put on recently that included 29 of the world's experts on celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And you can learn more about that by going to www.theglutensummit.com. And uh, I guess, Dr. Tom, you can purchase um, the, the audio tapes or uh, online access to these different lectures. Is that correct? That's correct. There's 29 uh, interviews plus 630 pages of the, the transcripts of the interviews for Great. people that like to read to more read. than listen. Awesome. Okay, so we've got some really important points to get to before the show is over, which is going to happen way faster than I would like it to because so much great stuff to talk about. But, you know, we've established now some of the physiology behind why gluten's a problem, the differences between this gluten sensitivity and celiac, and why now it's important to educate your doctor that the science now verifies the fact that people can be sensitive to gluten without celiac disease. But now let's talk about how do we determine who should do what? And for the general population of people, do we test to determine if somebody is gluten sensitive? You know, because gluten and avoiding gluten is a major undertaking. This isn't like asking somebody to avoid some random, you know, food that would be easy to avoid. This is a food that is so pervasive in American culture and in our daily eating regimens that avoiding it takes a lot of work and you don't or I don't feel that that recommendation should always be made lightly. You have to understand the whole picture of a person and the benefits they may or may not get. So help us understand how does the average person out there even go about understanding whether or not they are gluten sensitive, celiac, gluten allergy, if they should avoid it or not. What is your recommendations on that, Dr. Tom? Okay, two things. First, um, I never say that everyone needs needs to give up wheat. I never say that. I, what I do say is that anyone that has a health concern, if your body's not working the way you want it to and you tried things that they aren't quite getting the job done, you just need to be tested properly to see if this is the culprit that's like the emergency brake on your being healthier. Just test. You just have to do the right test. So let's talk about the test for a moment. Please, because that, that is a... 
big issue because testing isn't the easiest thing to get good gluten sensitivity testing. So this is, listeners, listen up. Exactly. This is important information. Exactly right. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly right. Think of proteins like gluten as a pearl necklace. Now, the acid that your stomach makes, hydrochloric acid, undoes the clasp of the pearl necklace. Now you've got a string of pearls. And our enzymes are supposed to be able to act like scissors to cut off each pearl of the pearl necklace so it's small enough to go through the cheesecloth into the bloodstream and your body uses it to make new muscle and new bone and everything else. The problem with uh, uh, gluten proteins in wheat, rye, and barley, now there's gluten in corn and gluten in rice, so this doesn't count for them. You may be sensitive to corn for other reasons, but when we talk about gluten sensitivity, we're talking specifically about wheat, rye, and barley because they are the family of gluten proteins that are toxic to humans, everyone. Why? Because we don't have the scissors to break down each pearl of the pearl necklace. The best we can do is break the pearl necklace into clumps of pearls, a 33-pearl clump, a 17-pearl clump. And that causes the intestinal permeability, the leaky gut, and these big clumps of molecules get into the bloodstream, and the whole cascade begins. So the blood test that's been used is to look at a clump of pearls to see, do you have antibodies against the clump of pearls? And they look at the 33-pearl clump called alpha-glidin. It's a big scrabble word, but it's just a 33-pearl clump. And if you've got elevated antibodies to alpha-glidin, you've you got a problem. So if you go to your doctor and you ask them to test you for gluten sensitivity, every laboratory in the country looks for alpha-glidin. That's all they look at. The problem is that there are many clumps of pearls to the pearl necklace that don't get broken down properly by humans when we eat gluten. The, the studies say there's 62 different clumps of pearls. There's a 33-pearl clump, but there's also a 17 and an 11 and a 19 and a 23-pearl clumps. Well, but wait, the lab's only checking to see if our body's fighting the 33. And about half, about 50% of people with celiac will fight the 33-pearl clump. But the other half of them don't. They're fighting other clumps of pearls from poorly digested gluten, but nobody is checking for that. They only check for one. So if you have a positive test to alpha-glidin, you've got a problem. You need to get off gluten. But if it comes back negative, it doesn't necessarily mean you do not have a problem mm -hmm. because they've only looked at one clump of pearls. And a laboratory came out about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, that looks at 10, the top 10 clumps of pearl from the pearl necklace of gluten. So that you don't, they of course look at the 33 alpha glidin, but they look at nine others so that you're more likely to find the problem if it's there, if you happen to be one of the 50% that doesn't respond to alpha glidin. So that laboratory is called Cyrex Labs, C-Y-R-E-X, CyrexLabs.com. And I put together a handout on this. It's on my website. It's free on my website. You can go get that handout, download it, and take it to your doctor. And I show the studies that say there are many clumps of the pearl necklace that the immune system might react to. And that handout is called the Conundrum of Gluten Sensitivity. So if you look at my website, you'll find the, the article, the Conundrum of Gluten Sensitivity, download it, Read it. It makes sense to you. And then you can take it to your doctor and show it to him, hi, would you order this test for me, please? And if they won't order the test because they're locked in and rigid of how they do things, find a new doctor to get the test done. Because this is the only test out there now 
that's comprehensive enough to give you a clue, an accurate clue, if you have a gluten sensitivity. That's a great overview, and that is really the truth behind it. It is probably the, it is considered the gold standard test. There's no other test like it on the market right now to really understand whether you are gluten sensitive or not. Now, uh, and if people are looking for resources, you can call the Village Green. There are doctors associated in this area, like myself, that offer Cyrex testing. Um, so, you know, for people that are local that are interested, you can contact the Village Green and get in touch with myself or one of the other local doctors who can help facilitate the ordering and interpretation of the Cyrex gluten sensitivity panel. Now, you know, that's, uh, that's really important. And I'm glad you said that because most doctors, if they do order the test, they've not been trained yet on how to read the test, how to interpret them. That's right. So it's really important to have a doctor who, who knows about this and has spent time studying it and investigating it. Right. Because, really important. Yes. And this test, when you get the, res- the readout, and I get, you know, probably five or 10 results back every week because I order a ton of these tests. You, you have all of these different gluten parameters, and you have to understand how to add it all up. It's not a simple yes or no. You have to understand what the results mean and help a patient understand what that means for them. So I love that we have some reliable testing to look at. So that's where, I mean, that's always been my philosophy, Dr. Tom, is start with testing unless there is some really obvious signs that gluten sensitivity might be a problem. Now, the other issue is that Cyrex testing is not covered by insurance and it can be around, you know, it's a relatively expensive test, somewhere between $350 to $450, depending on where you're ordering it through. And it, not everybody has the resources to do that at that time. So there are other options. And I'm assuming that you would say that if somebody is suffering from a chronic health condition, particularly one that may involve some sort of autoimmune component, like you talked about, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, one of the most common autoimmune conditions in our society, Synthroid, the drug to treat hypothyroidism, was the number one prescribed drug last year. There are so many, particularly women out there with hypothyroidism. Um, That's a major specialty of my practice, so I have a special passion for it. But in addition, other autoimmune conditions, as well as other issues, if you can't afford the test, what should people do? Should they try a couple days off gluten? Should they try a week off of gluten? Do they have to go a month off of gluten, six months? What is the recommendation for somebody who, let's say, can't have access to the test at this point in time, but suspects there might be a problem? Really good question. So um, if you can't get the test done for one reason or another, you can do what's called an elimination diet. And that means get it out of there and notice what happens. And the rule of thumb in our office has always been three weeks. Mm-hmm. You better be feeling different and better within three weeks or we've missed something. I don't care what your symptoms are. It doesn't matter. You should see the benefits within three weeks. Now, the caveat to that, though, is that we put people gluten-free and dairy-free. We take them both out just to make sure. And sugar-free, excess sugar, we take, we take those three things out for three weeks, three for three. You get those out of there, and you can't cheat. You can't uh, uh, have a little once in a while. You know, you really have to be squeaky clean on this. It's not that hard. You know, it's just use rice instead of pasta uh, and have salads instead of sandwiches at lunch for a couple of weeks. You know, you have a piece of fish or a piece of chicken. Um, at lunch on a salad, um, fills you up, gives you some good nutrient. Uh, but just by doing that for three weeks and you'll notice, oh, you know, 
my my uh, my energy is better, or I'm sleeping better, or that knee pain is gone, or mm-hmm. or my, I'm exercising better, or I don't have the headaches, or wow, my son's doing better in school since we went gluten free as a family. Um, it's so funny that so many times our parents will come in and they'll say, you know, uh, the teacher said to me at the last parent teacher conference, the new drugs we're using for our son's attention deficit are working really well, and he's doing great. And then I'll tell the teacher, I'll say. But we haven't given him any drugs. We just took him off a of wheat. Mm-hmm. And the and the parent will say, or the teacher will say, oh, other parents have said that to me before. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll give you the one example. 132 kids diagnosed with attention deficit. They all had a gluten sensitivity. They put them on a gluten free diet. Every child or their parents within six months reported improvement in all 12 DSM-4 markers for attention deficit. Fails to pay attention, interrupts frequently, blurts out answers, disruptive in class. Every marker improved in every child within six months on a gluten-free diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, That's the impact that you'll have. It is. And, you know, we know that these foods can have a major inflammatory impact on the brain, disrupt brain function. And that is why you see so much manifestation of symptoms, you know, with ADD, ADHD, you can see it with depression, you can see it with anxiety, but in kids, it is so important to consider that. If you can't do the testing, it is such a great idea to do trial elimination. Dr. Tom, we've got to take a quick break. We're going to have our last segment. There's a few other really important topics that I want to cover to wrap up this conversation. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. 
ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Have you ever Get wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? And Green One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We've been having an amazing conversation with Dr. Tom O'Brien, who is a leading internationally recognized speaker and workshop leader specializing in the complications of non-celiac gluten sensitivity and celiac disease been a really great conversation, probably one of the most thoughtful and informative we've had on the topic of gluten in a long time, and it is, couldn't be more timely considering the attention given to gluten and gluten sensitivity. Now, Dr. Tom, a couple topics we want to cover in this last segment. The first one, and we talked about it on the break a little bit as we were chit-chatting, is this issue that I, I hear a lot of patients coming into me and saying, and this message is usually coming from their gastroenterologist or their primary care. They're suspect that they may have a gluten issue or they're curious about giving up gluten because they've read maybe information that's been put out there about the health impacts of eating gluten. And then when they talk to their primary care GI doc about it, this is the answer that they get. No, I don't recommend you give up gluten because what I've heard from other patients that have come in is that if you give it up for a long period of time and you try eating it again, your reaction is going to be much worse. And if you can tolerate it a little bit now, why not just leave it in your diet? Because, you know, if you give it up, then you're really never going to be able to eat it again without being miserable. And people really resonate with this because they say, well, you know what? I don't want to totally give up bread. I, I like my having pizza every once in a while. I don't want to feel horrible when I eat it. And it really dissuades them. But it, it is a phenomenon that does happen. So can you speak to this a little bit and help people understand why that's not good advice and why you still may want to listen to your body and try a gluten elimination if you think it might be related to your problems? You bet. You bet. Um, this is a really important topic, and this is a game changer for people if they get this. So here's the concept, everyone. The World Health Organization currently rates the United States second in the world out of 53 industrialized countries in terms of quality of health care and results of health care. Second, second from the bottom, out of 53 industrialized countries, we have the second worst infant mortality rate, the second worst women over 60 getting heart attacks, fatal heart attacks, and it goes on and on and on. Our healthcare system does not work, and they keep that information from us because we'd be up in arms. But just go to the World Health Organization and look, and you'll see it. You'll say, what? What? So the way our healthcare practitioners think are in that paradigm. They think in the method of, if I can keep you feeling not too bad, if you're kind of okay, well, that's fine. But what happens is the underlying damage, if there's underlying inflammation going on, it's tearing up your tissue. And nobody gets a disease overnight. It's years, usually, of just a little bit of damage, a little more damage, a little more damage, a little more damage. We have the studies on all of this now, and we, 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 we can identify it. A little more damage, a little more damage, a little more damage. Now you start getting a few symptoms, not too bad, a few more, not too bad, a few more. Now the, the symptoms are annoying or bother you, so you go to a doctor, and sometimes it takes a couple times around before they get the right diagnosis for you, and then they give you a med. And for, for that particular symptom, well, you know, as long as it's not too bad, it's okay to have it once in a while. But underneath, the tissue damage continues, continues, continues. You want to take your grandkids hiking in the Alps in your 80s? 
You want to dance with your granddaughter at her wedding and shake up the floor and have everybody go, wow, look at that old guy. You want to be that kind of person? It's what you do now that makes a difference. You want to live with mediocrity and kind of keep things not too bad? Then go ahead and have gluten once in a while. It's going to tear you up inside if you have the sensitivity, if you've crossed the line. It'll continue tearing you up. One exposure. The science shows us one exposure. You increase your risk of death sixfold compared to no exposures. If you're a celiac, you get one exposure a month. That's, uh, that, that was a study. They looked at 1,300 celiacs, one exposure a month. You increase your risk of early death by sixfold at once a month. But you don't feel bad when you have it once a month. And so you know, I get a little tired but maybe the next day, but it's not too bad. That's not a healthcare practitioner giving you that advice. That's a crisis care practitioner giving you that advice. Excuse me, but someone's got to call a spade a spade. You want to be healthy. You need to take control of your own health and, and not do what's comfortable for you to accept, but do what the science says is the right thing to do. If you eat a food and it causes inflammation and tears your cheesecloth, causing systemic inflammation in the whole cascade, wherever the weak link in your chain is, and that's where the damage accrues, that's where you'll go down. Yep. And you won't, you won't feel bad while it's happening. A little annoying maybe, but you won't feel bad until you cross a line and there's so much organ damage, now you've got congestive heart failure, mm-hmm. or now you've got thyroid failure, or now yep. you've got myelin uh, degenerating your brain and you've got MS. But that happens over a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. A lot of times it can be so subtle, the changes that it's making in your body that you may not feel, you may not have a major gastrointestinal problem or one of these really dramatic cases that we'd love to give examples of, but it may be causing a degree of low-level inflammation on a daily basis. And what we know about chronic disease, most of the chronic disease that Americans suffer from, the number one, number two, number three killers in America, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, stroke, right down the line, these are all conditions of inflammation. They all relate back to chronic inflammation. And there are many causes of chronic inflammation, but for somebody who's gluten sensitive, eating that food regularly, we know that the data shows us it's going to create chronic inflammation. And people are starting to understand. Yeah, yes, people are starting to understand this impact of chronic inflammation in health and flocking to the health food stores to buy as much turmeric as they can because turmeric and curcumin is like the, you know, pot of gold for an anti inflammatory. And it's one of the most popular selling supplements in the entire country right now because everybody's obsessed with inflammation. But look at Dr. your Kevin, diet. I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got a gift for, for oh, the listening Oh, please, quickly, audience. tell us. And, okay. and it's on that topic. And if you go to www.thebestoftheglutensummit.com, you go to that site and you'll get 18 pearls from the entire Gluten Summit that talk exactly about that. Great. Well, thank you so, so much, Dr. Tom. It was so great having you on. If people want to learn more, they can go to www.thedoctor.com, T-H-E-D-R.com. Please go to that website, www.thebestoftheglutensummit.com and download that free gift. Call the Village Green if you're interested in getting tested for gluten sensitivity through that company, Cyrex, or find a local practitioner. Dr. Tom, thank you so much. What a great show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up today. Thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care.
Did you know at Village Green, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our other big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living products for over 45 years. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. 